Oh my god, it's recording. What a Thank concept! God. Thank god. Hi, this is the second time we're recording this episode. Um, it is eight hours after the first time we recorded. Uh, which didn't record. Which is actually the second time that happens to me this week. So, we were it's watching the sound fun. waves. It's going It's going really so not well. fun, actually. Um, we're watching the sound waves, making sure they're there. They're present. Everyone is here. If they disappear, then... I'm sorry, this is all you're getting. You're getting <laughs> Um, it's me and Michaela tonight from the same couch. Wild. It's almost like Wild. we live together. Yeah, what's weird? I didn't know that. Yeah. God. Why is there a stranger in my apartment? Why are you here? We're together. <laughs> um, it's actually kind of a good thing that our first file got erased because the NHL decided to do some things, as did the NFL. So in the last eight hours, we have the most updated. Watch by the time this comes out, there's going to be the six out tomorrow. There's going to be six new trades. Everyone will be gone, and um, you know what? We won't apologize for it because that's where we are. No. Anyways, Michaela, hockey. What is happening in the NHL? So we're going to dive into this really quick. Um, if it sounds like I am repeating myself, it's because I am. Because I already did this once today. So, we are going to start. Oh my god, I started with something this morning. I don't even know what it was because I didn't have it written down. Do you remember what I started with? No. It was news about someone. Mm, officiating? Nope. I started with something before that because it wasn't in my notes. Mm, nope, couldn't tell you. Okay, well, I started with something that wasn't in my notes and now I don't remember what it was. So, if I'm forgetting something really big that happened, that's probably what it was. So, LOL, officiating in this league actually sucks. And if you didn't know that, um, now you do. So, Austin Matthews, suspended two games. I'm not fighting the suspension. I think that suspension was well-warranted. You cross-check somebody in the neck, you should be suspended. Not fighting that. However. <laughs> yes. What about the three cross-checks that came before that from Darlene? Why were those not called? Last time I checked, that's a penalty. And you know what? If you hadn't called the first three, Matthew's cross check to the neck wouldn't have happened because the whistle would have gone. Delene would have been in the box. Send them both. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah. But you let it go too long and it got out of control. It's the same thing that happened with Jason Spezza a couple months ago. He, the original call, the Sandine, Pionk, Neon Knee thing wasn't called. And Spets had to take it to his own hands. And yes, suspension warranted. We know that. I'm not fighting the Department of Player Safety here. Like they they did they're doing their job. I mean, I would this like time. I would like the suspensions and the fines to be consistent, because they're never consistent. Mm-hmm. But can we get the refs on the same page here? Like this is so stupid. And it all comes back to like the let's call the game the same all the time. I don't care if it's a outdoor game, I don't care if it's preseason or playoffs or whatever. The game's the game. The rules are the rules. Call them the same. Whatever. I don't care what's on the line. Yeah. It's not a different game in the playoffs. Yeah. It's like, I, again, it sounds like I'm repeating myself because I did say this uh, eight hours ago, but the only difference between regular season hockey and playoff hockey should be playoff hockey, someone goes home in the end. There shouldn't be a whole new set of rules. Same thing, overtime hockey. There shouldn't be a whole new set of rules. Yet we see this again and again, and this is just like a microcosm of that where there's absolutely no consistency and getting closer to the playoffs. Like we know like the rule book is about to be thrown out and, and wrongfully 
Yeah, and we're going to see guys put themselves in harm's way in ways that they wouldn't have to during the regular season because everyone would know it would be a penalty. But in the playoffs, Chris, you could get away with slicing someone's neck and you might get five. And, like, Gabriel Landeskog typically would not comment on anything. We know that. I don't think I've ever heard that man comment on anything, ever. And he had something to say with the officiating. He said in his statement, I've been in this league 11 years. I've never sat up here and talked with the officials. But something happened with Niederreiter and Kadri in that game. I think it was the same night, to be honest, as the Matthews thing. And he had to comment about it because it's ridiculous. You know, these refs can ref a great game for 50 minutes of the game. But it's those 10 minutes that everybody's going to remember. Yeah. And I feel like, especially like on the topic of playoff and then overtime hockey, and we see this in other sports too, like soccer, especially like knockout soccer or like overtime or extra time or whatever. Refs are trying so hard to not affect the outcome that they, by extension, are because of what's not being called and then what randomly gets decided to be called. Like, you you can't blow the whistle after six offenses of the same thing and then wonder why you're in the situation you're in. Also, the fact that player safety is run by a guy whose brand is literally based on violence. Why, why did no one vet that from the beginning? That's my question. Yeah. I mean, he, I feel like, like, I don't ever feel like people don't get enough. Like, rarely do I feel like people don't get enough. Yeah. It's, sometimes I'm like, well, this guy only got a fine. Why is this guy now going to get two games suspension? Yeah. It's more that kind of thing. But I'm never like, oh my God, that guy should have been suspended four games and he got one. Like, I, yeah. I rarely feel like that. Yeah. So there I might do, be like the odd time, but it's not but, like a yeah. consistent thing. Yeah. I don't feel like, the, I do have to give them credit on that. I don't feel like they regularly underpunish people. Yeah. So I, I will say that. I will give them that. But the moral of the story here is the NHL officiating sucks. They need to get their shit together. I don't know what you want to say. Hey, the trades are finally happening. I've been teasing it for literally three weeks. And the deadline's on Monday, and here we go. So, Josh Manson was traded from the Anaheim Ducks to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for Drew Hellison and a 2023 second-round pick. Drew Hellison played at the Olympics this year, actually. Yeah, I think he got into three games. He played at Boston College. Good player. Um, Josh Manson was rumored to be on a lot of teams' potential interest lists. So getting him off the table early is very interesting. Also, Tyson Jost was traded to Minnesota from the Avalanche in exchange for Nico Strum. It's kind of a rather inconsequential. Inconsequential, thank you. That's the word I was looking for, trade. But it happened. So today, after we recorded, this is what happened. <laughs> Cal Yarncroak was traded to Calgary um, for a second, which is actually Florida's, in 2022, a third in 2023, and a seventh in 2024. Seattle is retaining 50%. And here's the thing, folks. is scary. And they're getting better all the time. Uh, I'm calling it right now. Calgary at least makes the Western Conference Final. Yeah. If not the Stanley Cup Final. Like, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be a Calgary-Colorado Western Conference Final now. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, it's it's looking... That's... Or we're going to get them in the first... I don't even know if that's possible. I literally don't know the division. I, yeah. I don't pay enough attention to the West. I don't know divisions at all. 
It's fine. You're gonna have to cut this out if I sound really. Or they're just gonna meet really early on, and we're gonna be upset because it should be a should be um a commerce final series. So yeah, they they're gonna both play wildcard teams probably. Like, they're both first in their divisions. I don't think yeah. anybody is catching up to them. So, you know what? Let's hope for a Calgary-Colorado Western Conference Final. That's what we need. But, yeah, that happened. So, uh, Ben Sherrod is officially a Florida Panther. I have a Montreal fan for the next meet, so we'll get her opinion in a second. But, you know, Ben Sherrod has been rumored to be on the trading block literally since, like, October. November. So... It finally happened. He went to Florida. In exchange, <laughs> in exchange uh, the Habs got Ty Simlanik, a 2023 first-round pick, and a 2022 fourth-round pick. The fact that Ben Sherrod is getting people first-round picks plus, like first-round picks plus a prospect that plays the World Juniors and plays at Quinnipiac, a good prospect. Ben Sherrod is getting you all of that. Oh my god. If you would have told me that when we acquired him, I would have said you were cracked. Like, there was absolutely no way this man should be getting us. Like, if it's going to be a package, there should not be a first in there. Like, or I thought Montreal would have to throw something else in. Yeah. Like, retain salary or something, or have it be, like, a first this year because you know that pick isn't going to be high. But it's next year's first, and, like, who knows? And it's not a protected pick. So hopefully Florida has a really bad year next year. Yeah, and then Montreal gets a nice high pick. Honestly, though, like props, props to the Montreal front office for negotiating this. I mean, I'm not surprised. No, I, I, I knew they I were going to get a knew, first round pick, but I think I always knew that someone would overpay for sure. Oh, absolutely, because that's the name of the game at the deadline. Is your teams that are sellers literally can do whatever they want and teams that see themselves as needing just that one or two missing pieces are like, here, take my future. It's the supply and demand theory. Yeah. It's pretty business students. Um, (laughs) We're not business. We're doing so great. Um, Yeah. I mean, I loved him in Montreal. Thank you for everything. Go have fun in the sun and uh, all the best. I'm not sold on the floor. I'm not sold on the Florida Panthers, but that is a conversation for another day. <laughs> because my brain can't handle that right now. Um, so this is who I think is going to get moved over the next few days. Closure Roo is number one on this list. Funny story, actually. He's playing his 1,000th game tomorrow night on uh, St. Patrick's Day. Game 1,000 in a Flyers uniform. Yeah. Does he play 1,001? That is the question. <laughs> Um, so the Flyers play Thursday, and then they don't play at home again until Sunday, which means, do they trade him Saturday, or maybe Friday, but do they trade him before that, and then just have him wait and do his ceremony in a game that he's not playing in? Do they let him do his ceremony on Sunday in front of all the Flyers fans, woo, his kind of like goodbye, and then ship him on his way? Does he not get traded? That is kind of... The interesting dilemma here, because, like, imagine the Flyers trade him, like, tomorrow morning. No. Like, imagine he doesn't play. Imagine he plays 999 games. I don't... Like, he gets the silver stick, and it's 999, (laughs) and then one with a different logo. I don't think they'll do that purely based on the fact that, like, they've made it crystal clear that they want, like, the best for him. 
So I don't think they would do him like that. I think it'll be option B. Like, they'll they'll give him his thousandth game in Philly. He'll have a ceremony. Woo, woo, woo. Goodbye. Everyone will cry. And then they'll like, put him on a plane and send him. Like, so I could see him getting traded, like, Sunday during the day. So he doesn't play with them Sunday night, but he gets a ceremony. He comes out in a suit, yeah. waves at the crowd. Everybody's like, bye. Everyone Claude, And then he leaves. Like, um, Au revoir. Akil Thomas. This is a junior hockey story. Um, when he was on the Ice Dogs, he got traded just after, or, like, he got traded around the time of the World Juniors. So he, when players come back, obviously, from the World Juniors to their junior team, they got a little celebration. They won gold. He scored the gold medal in gold. He came back, but he didn't play because he had already been traded. So he oh. came back, said his goodbyes to Niagara, waved at everybody. I was... Actually, I had that game. Uh, had his medal, whatever. They probably played the goal. I don't remember. But uh, he didn't play because I believe the trade had already gone through at that point. Yeah. It was just kind of like a goodbye, Niagara. Thanks for celebrating me. I'm on my way to yeah. Peterborough. All the way to Peterborough. Um, I can see them doing that, too. I think like it depends. Because, yeah. Like, the, yeah, the deadline is Monday. Um, and that's I that game Sunday. Like, it's yeah. tight. I think it'll depend on who... Who they're trading him to? Like, do they have? Do they agree to the trade in principle and then don't push it through until Monday? Like, there's with the with the expectation, that, or like maybe he doesn't play at all Sunday. Like, just yeah, they like hold him out. Yeah, um, it'll be an interesting one. Or watch, he's not going to get traded and on Tuesday. We're going to laugh at ourselves with this conversation. Uh, anyway, uh, Mark Andre Fleury will not be a Chicago Blackhawk next week. I will be absolutely shocked. Yeah, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. I'll, I will be absolutely shocked if he's a Blackhawk on Tuesday. There's so many teams that could be playoff threats that just need a competent goalie. And Flurry, yeah, I don't care what he's doing in the regular season. You know what you're going to get with him in the playoffs, and that's what you're trading for. Absolutely. So someone out there is going to give Chicago whatever they want for him. Mm-hmm. Seems like everybody's hitting their 1,000th game in like the last couple of weeks. Yeah, there's been so many silver sticks. It's... A little overwhelming. Yeah. Mark Giordano uh, hitting his 1,000th game. And he's probably also leaving Seattle. I swear, I saw a report this morning that they were keeping him out. But I believe tonight's his 1,000th game, and he's playing. So, I don't really know what's going on there. I can see him being traded. We said earlier, Calgary, we laughed at that a little bit. Please. Because that would just be picture perfect. And I'm, then for them to go on and win the cup with him back. Oh, iconic. Iconic. Speaking of defensemen in the West. Jacob Chikrin. Uh he's injured right now, out two to four weeks with a lower body injury, but uh, he's pretty good, and <laughs> I think a team would take a risk on him. Yeah. I mean, like, I would. He's a good player. Yeah. We are staying with defensemen in the West, apparently, because next on my list is John Klingberg, and he's one that I'm shocked is still in Dallas. I feel like at this point, everyone just assumes he, like, comes with the Dallas Stars uniform. Like, they're... He's so, like, entrenched in that team that it's, like, you almost forget that, like, no, you can you can take him. And you I can feel have like, him. But I feel like he wanted out for a bit there. Yeah. And there were some comments earlier in the year about it, and I feel like this might be the time for the Stars to look at moving him. Yeah. Um, you know, he he will make an impact wherever he goes. He's, he is a good defenseman. The only thing is, like, Dallas is just outside the wild card right now, like, one point out with four games in hand. Like, they they really can jump in there. Yeah. So. And you would think that, like, if they're going to do it, they need him. 
Oh, they absolutely need Klingberg. Unless you're getting some crazy return back. I, I don't know how you get better without him. Yeah. Um. So that could be the only thing I could see him staying for. But then, you know, at the end of the season, you could lose him. So it's, it's, it's a hard situation there. Um, and I'm glad I don't have to make it. <laughs> Michaela, RE everything with the Leafs this week. Absolutely. Kyle Dubas, I'm sorry. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks are probably getting rid of a forward. Either Brock Besser, JT Miller, or, um, Connor Garland. So if you're looking for a forward, call up Vancouver because <laughs> I don't think all three of them are going to be there. I no, there's no need for all three of them. Also, the fact that we're talking about Brock Besser as like a trade piece coming out of Vancouver is so funny to me because I feel like I remember when he was breaking into the league, everyone was like, he's going to save Vancouver. He's oh, like, yeah. The next one for the Canucks, like he's going to be like the face of the, and now here we are. He's like as dispensable as like a bag of pucks. I know there was some drama with JT Miller at some point this year. I don't know. Isn't there always? Yeah, exactly. So maybe he'll end up somewhere. And they also just got Connor Garland, like... Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't that, like, fresh? Yeah, like, this year, I think. So, they just tricked themselves into a rental with him. Yeah, so, one of them is probably gone, if not more. Yeah. I'm gonna keep this list, and we're gonna revisit it on Tuesday, (laughs) and see how wrong we were, because, like, we probably are. We're gonna have an updated color-coded copy, um, (laughs) available for access. Yeah. We're getting to the end here, alright? We're getting there. Max Domi. This was one we talked about earlier. Yeah. And we said how beautiful would he be in Calgary. Oh, I think him in Calgary makes perfect sense. Because Calgary, they're skilled enough to go far, like, on skill alone. They have Matthew Kachuk that'll piss off anyone. And if you bring in Domi, you're bringing in someone who can be your, like, bottom six version of Kachuk. Like, Kachuk light, if you will. Kachuk without the skill. Um... And I think that would just be such a perfect addition. Granted, he'll bring that to any any team he goes to. But I think a team like Calgary that really likes to play into that, like, oh, we're just going to piss you off until, like, you break. Earlier, Casey said, cough, turn on cough. And I <laughs> did give some credit to Kyle Dubas because he found us Michael Bunting. And he likes to piss people off, and I love it. Yeah. He just gets in there. We're paying him... Literally nothing. And we're also paying him nothing next year. Um, to play on a top line with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. And be a pest. And I love it. Um, I loved Zach Hyman. I did. I would take Michael Bunting this Michael Bunting. At this point? And, yeah. and especially at this price. Oh my god. Any the day price of the week. is like, it's insane. Any day of the week. It's like you found a diamond at a thrift store. We literally did. Um, and Kyle Dubas did do a really great job with free agents this year. Like, I gotta give it to him. And last but not least, on my list, Jake DeBrusque. Um, another one where I'm like, I can't believe that name is coming up as trade bait. I think it's just because, like, he did request that trade earlier. Like, I think that was, like, in the summer. But that always makes me laugh when players request trades and management, like, goes and looks for trade. Like, you realize you don't have to, right? Like, you signed a contract. Yeah, but... People work better in environments they're happy in. They do, but theoretically, like, management is under no obligation. Like, no, you signed a contract, like, you're gonna... Which is exactly what they did. Because he requested the trade six months ago, and he's still there. (laughs) So, in theory, they don't care. Um, I mean, I think the situation might have improved a little bit for him in Boston. Um, 
I'm not gonna pretend I know the inner workings of the Blossom Bruins because I absolutely do not. But that's what I hired you for. <sighs> that and to be a Cincinnati Bengals hater. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Um. But no, I would be interested to see Jake DeBrusque move. Seeing him in a jersey that wasn't yellow and black would be fantastic. Um. Not sure if it's gonna happen, but I'm sure by the time you hear this, half these trades will have changed and happened, and people will be in different places. Enjoy. <laughs> um, there was something else I wanted to talk about, and I honestly don't remember what it was, and I kind of hate that. Uh, I li- I absolutely cannot think of what it was. I I really wish I I could remember. It was I was like giving somebody credit for something, or I was like, oh, it was Ovechkin. Oh, we talked about Alexander Ovechkin and how he is now third all time in goals. He passed Yarmir Yager last night. And is now only behind Gordie Howe and Wayne Gretzky. And hey, Wayne. <laughs> objects in your mirror are closer than they appear. The great eight is on its way. He's coming. He is coming. I need someone to make fan art of, like, a really ominous Ovechkin face in the rearview mirror of a car. And it's just, like, that scary Russian man is, like, coming to get you. Um, Wayne, he's coming. I think Alex Ovechkin is going to smash that record. And I uh, can't wait for it. So that was what I wanted to talk about. That was what I was forgetting. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's all for the NHL. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, we're moving over to football. Woo! Let's go. Woo! Um, there's actually a lot of football to talk about. So buckle up. Buckle up. Um, and I will start it by saying, I don't know what New England is doing, but I don't like it because they're actively getting worse while everyone else in the AFC East is actively getting better. And I hate it here. But uh, NFL free agency opened on Monday and teams really said like, all right, let's go full throttle. So we've got free agency signings, we've got trades, we've got extensions, and then a little bit of a franchise tag note. Um, so, to begin, this one makes me laugh. This this might be the dumbest free agency move <laughs> ever. Ever. Uh, Pittsburgh, what are you doing? Literally, what are you doing? Mitch Trubisky? You're paying Mitchell Trubisky Minimum seven point like one five million dollars a season. So we signed a fourteen point two five million dollar deal over the course of two years, and I believe it could be worth up to twenty seven million with incentives. And what like is the incentive? Don't look like an idiot because that's about all you can measure him by. Um, and that coupled with something else that Pittsburgh did means their quarterback room is now. The all-star cast of Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Dwayne Haskins. Meaning in the Pittsburgh quarterback room, there's approximately three and a half brain cells. Um, And genuinely, you'd be better off putting your punter under center. Like this is, this is laughable to me. Um, I get... Like, Pittsburgh really didn't want to have to deal with Big Ben pulling a Tom Brady and being like, I want to unretire. Um, could you imagine if Big Ben turned around and was like, actually, I don't think I'm done either. I think Pittsburgh would have been like, no, let us put you on a bus, you senile old man, and you can go out to Wyoming. 
Um, so that one made me laugh. This one didn't make me laugh. This one made me cry. JC Jackson to the Chargers, <laughs> Mr. INT, undrafted free agent turned absolute superstar. And New England let him walk away. I hate it. So he went to the Chargers on a five-year, $82.5 million deal. And honestly, get that back. You deserved it. You crushed it. I'm very happy for you. Uh, we'll get to a little bit more on LA later and why I really like what they're doing. Another quarterback move. Again, this is just people in the AFC East getting better in New England actively getting worse, and I'm not here for it. Miami adds Teddy Bridgewater on a $6.5 million deal and Chase Edmonds on a $12.6 million deal. I don't know what... And I have to say, I'm just like, kid. Yeah. I I don't know what Miami's going to do between Bridgewater and Tungavailoa, because I don't think one is clear-cut better than the other. I think I think it might be Bridgewater. I think I would give it to Bridgewater just based on experience. Like, Bridgewater starts, and then if yeah. he... If he screws the bag. If he screws the pooch. If he screws the pooch. As Mr. Edgar would say, um, you pass it over to Tua. Yeah. But I feel like at some point, Miami's going to have to cut their losses with Tonga Bailoa and just be like, no, like, we messed with this one. Because I feel like they've been trying to put a square peg into a round hole for a couple seasons too long now. And uh, I, I don't think I don't think it's working. Sorry. Sorry, Dolphins fans. I like the just addition of Chase Edmonds. Um, solid player. Again, in the AFC East, CJ Ozoma from the Bengals is now signing with the New York Jets, $24 million over the course of three years. Again, I hate it. Why is everyone talented coming to this division and not playing for my team? <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fan. Like I said, Dwayne Haskins to Pittsburgh on a deal that will pay two point, just over $2.5 million for the year. Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram to the Jaguars. Jaguars have been busy. These are all just like the major notable ones. There's obviously more moves, but they're people that I could tell you and you'd be like, can we do the hell is that? Um, the Jaguars have been busy, so I don't know if they know something that we don't. Um, but what I do know is that that offense is not going to be good enough to do anything, even though the AFC South is arguably the worst division in football. Um, Evan Ingram's deal is unknown. Christian Kirk is a... $72 million deal over the course of four years. So, so those are the big notable signings. Until today, when a certain Vaughn Miller decided to take his talents to the AFC East, to Buffalo. <laughs> so, here's I have, I have mixed feelings here. On one hand, I'm incredibly upset and incredibly sad and incredibly hurt because... He, that man scares me. And that man should scare that me. That man dance on Dancing with the Stars. That's all I gotta say. That man scares me. And that man should scare Mac Jones. And there's that. But the other part of me is just, like, laughing quietly to myself because Buffalo's gonna regret this deal pretty quickly. So it's a six-year deal. And keep in mind, Vaughn Miller was, like, he he's he's... He's up there. Like, there was talk that this Super Bowl could have been, like, his way out on, like, going out on a high. But it's a six-year, $120 million deal. 
meaning if he plays it all the way through, he will be 39 when it ends. And I know that in the age of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Roethlisberger, like that number seems average for a football player, but those guys are quarterbacks. This is a defensive end whose whole thing is he gets off the line quickly and he just chases you. Uh, You can't do that as you get older. And I believe, I don't know exactly how much, um, half of it is guaranteed, I think. So yeah, three years of it are guaranteed, Um, which bodes well because in three years he might suck. But what happens if he gets hurt and retires or just gets bored and retires? Not my problem. (laughs) But um, yeah, so that one made me mad because, again, a good player coming to my division and not playing for my team and I'm offended. Um, okay, so some notable trades. Gonna, gonna get this one out of the way. Amari Cooper to Cleveland for a fifth round pick, and they also did swap sixth rounders for funsies. I don't know. It seemed pretty pointless. Um, so yes, Dallas offloaded Amari Cooper so they could pay Michael Gallup. I don't know if you've heard of, like, Rob Peter, the PayPal, but, like, why? Objectively Rob speaking, Peter to Pink Paul, did you just make a Bible reference? I think I did. Is that a Bible reference? I think I did. I don't really I just, know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I've lived with the Christian actually, for too long. Like, yeah, I think it's a Bible thing. <laughs> yeah, well, can it, it'd be like to clothe Peter to uncle, like, there's like other meanings for it, but like maneuvering the apostles. <laughs> Go me. Look how cultured I am. Um, yeah, I don't know why you would prioritize. Yeah, stained keeping... glass of Peter and Paul. Hell yeah. I don't know why you would prioritize keeping. It's a really good question. Gallup over I Cooper. would love to know. I, would I, love I will to turn know. it over to our resident Cowboys fan. No, I'm a little bit annoyed at this. Um, <laughs> I would love to know. Love to know. Um, you see, they're both a little injury prone too. So. CD Lamb just needs to be good next year. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> CD Lamb, you need to be really good. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting you to be, but like you gotta be. You gotta I just be. really liked Amari Cooper, like just on a person. Like I just really liked him. So, like we knew coming into the season that there was no way we were gonna be able to keep Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper, but I really thought Gallup was the odd man out. I think everyone did because they're both injury prone, like ri- to ridiculous extent. But when they're both on the field healthy, I would argue that Amari Cooper is not only more talented, but poses a bigger problem to opposing defenses because he's someone that you assume you have to game plan. Excuse me, for. Whereas, sure, you can look at it and be like, "What if Michael Gallup put up better numbers?" Blah blah blah. Yeah, because people are busy dealing with Amari Cooper mm-hmm. and C.D. Lamb. So Michael Gallup put up those numbers as a number three. And now he's going to have to do this as a number two or a number one B if Lamb, you know, caves under pressure. I don't know. But it just, it didn't make sense. Like, I I don't get it. I don't think, I don't really care that, you know, the Coopers want to Cleveland. It's still bigger. Maybe he'll throw him the ball. Although we will get to that later. That might actually be exciting. That, I I was going to say it might be exciting because it might not be bigger. Maybe he'll throw him the ball. True. Um, but yeah, so there was that one. 
The other, this is yeah, it might be uh, name I don't speak of on the show. <laughs> Christ. Um, so this is my favorite trade of all. Khalil Mack to the Chargers for a second and a sixth. That, ladies and gentlemen, is highway robbery. Chicago, what in the ever living fuck are you doing? Because that's embarrassing. But I really like this for LA, and here's why. Justin Herbert is in the last year of his rookie deal, meaning this is the cheapest he will ever play for ever again. So LA is taking all of this money that they know next year is going to be tied up in their star QB, and they are throwing it at every problem they've had on the field, and they're like, all right, let's fix it. Let's plug these holes. Let's see if we can go all in while we can still afford to have an all-star cast around an all-star quarterback. And I think that's absolutely genius management because they also re-upped Mike Williams um, on a $60 million three-year deal, which was key because he's really turned into a stud for Justin Herbert. The chemistry there is off the charts. But they add Jackson, they add Mack, they shore up the defense. Now opposing quarterbacks, when they play the Chargers, are going to have to deal with Khalil Mack on one side and Joey Bosa on the other. And that is a nightmare. So major props to LA. I think, as usual with this team, it's going to come down to coaching. They've been screwed by mediocre to humiliating coaching for two years now. Yep. So I really hope they pull it together. But I really I really like this move. Um, and I'm really excited to see what the Chargers do. They, I think they have very quickly positioned themselves as a threat or at the very least a dark horse. Um, trade we know about. It's been a while. Russell Wilson to Denver. Him, his wife and kids had a photo shoot where they all wore orange and they're like, giddy up or buckle out. <laughs> they made some cowboy reference. He's a Bronco. Um, go horsies. Great. Same <laughs> horse, ride a cowboy. Same horse, ride a cowboy. Um, Chase Winovich to Cleveland. Again, I hate this. Why? We need um, linebackers. I know we get Matt Wilson, but Chase Winovich, I loved him. He was great. I loved watching his blonde hair fly everywhere. He was good. He was good at what he did. So why did you let him leave? Um, yeah, that one makes me mad. This one. I'm saving this as last on my trades list because this is... Trubisky was my funniest free agency signing. This is my funniest trade. Yep. How does Commander Carson sound to you? Um, not great. I mean, it should sound great to you. I mean, we don't... Okay, well, your options are... It should sound great to you because, you know, you play him twice a year. Well, absolutely. But I mean, like... For Washington fans, your options are our beer bottle over there or Commander <laughs> Carson. So I don't know what you prefer. I would have gone with beer bottle because this man has given everything to Washington and he continually proves. He's like, guys, like, if you give me a chance and give me time to develop, I can do it. And they're like, no, Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, Alex Smith. No, Carson Wentz. I'm sorry. We know Carson Wentz. We know Carson Wentz is a bust. We know Carson Wentz is injury prone. And we know Carson Wentz is not the answer. So what are you uh, doing? Apparently he is. So, happy to be in the uh, NFC least. Absolutely. <gasps> Absolutely. Um, this one's fun. What's even more fun is he's now going to have to play Philly twice. Yeah. Which is going to be hilarious. And, ironically, the NFC East will play the AFC South this year. Meaning, Carson Wentz will go back to Indianapolis. <laughs> so, if I'm the NFL schedule maker this year, oh my god, it's my wet dream. Give myself a pat on I'm the having back. so much fun. Give myself a pat on the back. Um, alright. I do them back to back. Please. 
I like sandwich it. Like yeah. Philly, indie, yeah, Philly. Absolutely. Um, okay. So notable extensions. Like I said, Mike Williams in LA. Love it. Michael Gallup's deal in Dallas is fifty-seven and a half million dollars. For, you know, the fact that he only spends half a season on the field. Bold choice. I don't know if I would have done that, but anyways. <laughs> They went for it. Um, Aaron Rodgers finally put pen to paper and signed. He's back in Green Bay. Once you go through all of their cap gymnastics and like thingamajigs and fancy financial terminology, it boils down to a two-year extension that is worth $124 million. So that's a lot of money for an old drama queen, but hey, (laughs) spend your money how you want it. I'm not here to tell you that. Um... Here's an extension that Mick will actually be a fan of. Randy Gregory in Dallas. Mm-hmm. $70 million deal. Yeah, except, except what he takes. <sighs> Say it out loud. Like, you can't finish it. <laughs> Say it out loud. Like, like, if you could be just a little, just a little bit more, um, I'm looking for the right word here. Um, Intelligent. No. <laughs> Like, you just follow the rules of the game. It's a little bit closer this season. Especially in, like, the dying minutes of a playoff game. I would really appreciate that. Like, stop. Just stop. If I see one more flag thrown on the field for Randy Gregory, I'm going to lose my mind. Thanks. But I, I, I do like the deal. I do like the deal. But maybe, maybe I, might be ch- I might be changing my mind in about eight months. Maybe seventy million dollars is enough to buy a couple IQ points. <laughs> it's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he does more harm than good. No, it's it's not that. It's like we just need some self control, discipline. Um, discipline. That's the word I was. We just need some discipline, Randy. From the bottom, which of my I heart, don't think Mike McCarthy gives you, but Mike. <laughs> I felt like that's that's all I got right now. Like at this point, thank you. Nothing brings me more joy than watching Michaela hate on her coaching staff. They're so bad. <laughs> like, I, like, I mean, okay. More is not bad. Dan Quinn's not bad. Mike McCarthy's a moron. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say. I hope we never run into him, because I've said a lot of mean things about Mike McCarthy. I don't think he'd be able to see you if you did run into him. Underneath. <laughs> <laughs> for reference on 411. And his, how tall is Mike McCarthy? I don't know, but his stomach is probably 411. Um, Alright, and then my last note on terms of franchise tags. We're seeing a bunch of those get signed now. It's some he weird is. cheat code in the NFL. Um, please hold while we learn how tall Mike McCarthy <laughs> is. Sight. I don't know his height, so I, I don't know. Curious how tall I'd be next to him. <laughs> He has a BS in business administration, in case you're wondering, actually. That's not a height measurement. No, I can't find it. He married his high school sweetheart, and then they divorced. Oh! And then he got married again in 2008, and now has five children between his new marriage. They have two sons from his wife's previous marriage, and a daughter from his previous marriage, and they have two daughters together. So, if that's what you want us to know about Mike McCarthy, now you know. Cute. Cute. Okay, so my last thing. Franchise tags. There's some fun, weird cheat code in the NFL where you spend money and it doesn't count against your salary cap for reasons unbeknownst to everybody except the owners. Um, Green Bay. So I've said this from the beginning. 
Green Bay was doing all their fun little cap somersaults and voiding years here and adding years there and changing term and, you know, doing things that are above my intelligence level um, in order to pay Aaron Rodgers. Cool. Great. You freed up $124 million to do so. Uh, now pay Devontae Adams. There's not enough money to do that. That's where the franchise tag comes in. So the two the two sides have been working on a long-term extension talks, whatever, for a while now. And they are, according to reporters and people that actually are familiar with the situation and not in a different country, um, nowhere close. So Green Bay tagged Adams. Put him on the franchise tag. The thing with the franchise tag is players can, in theory, refuse to play on the tag. Essentially, not signing it. So right now, the tag is roughly $20 million, and it's a one-year deal. And Devontae Adams turned around and told Green Bay, I will not play on that contract. I will not sign the tag. And while you could look at it from the perspective of your buddy boy Aaron is back, they're bringing the band back together, just sign the goddamn piece of paper, you're already a multimillionaire, you know, ten times over. Adams, his perspective is most likely... He's 29, so this is probably his last chance and a major payday. And he is worth a buttload more than $20 million a season based on how NFL valuations work. I'm not saying anyone who runs in a straight line and catches the ball is worth that much money. That's absurd, and we know that, and that's not the conversation we're here to have. Comparatively, Devontae Adams is worth, I would say, minimum $30 million a season. And I think he knows that. And I think Green Bay deep down knows that that's what he's worth, especially to that franchise. So this will be a really interesting situation to watch. Um, I don't actually know how it's going to play out because I don't think Green Bay has the money to pay him. Like, I, I don't think they could do any more cap gymnastics to be able to give Devontae Adams what he wants. So this will be fun. Do we have a new drama queen in Green Bay on our hands? <laughs> I don't think anyone can dethrone Aaron Rodgers, but Devontae Adams might damn well try. Um, that was the picture I was talking about. Um, so, yeah, that's football. It's been actually lovely having there be so much chaos. Now, if only the chaos could be on my team. Shout out to Matthew Judon, who's doing the Lord's work on Twitter, trying to recruit every free agent. He pushed so hard for Chandler Jones, and then Chandler Jones signed in Vegas, and it hurts my heart. Um, but, yeah. I'm sure there will be some stupidities to talk about next week. And next week we'll be back with a final report on how Michaela's trade predicted it. It probably went, I'm going to guess, like, I don't have any faith, but I'm going to guess I'm going to go, like, 30%. Okay. I don't have much faith. If I go, if if more than 50% of that list that I read out gets traded. Buy a lottery ticket. Somebody buy me a cookie. That's... I think I can, I think I can swing that. Can you swing that? I think we can fit that in the business budget for the month. Beautiful. All cool. right, well. Have a good night, folks. Bye. Adios. That was fun.